episode 402, streaming sci-fi on the Peacock app, and a new show that I discovered. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hey, I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and this is Strangers and Aliens. This is a podcast and a video feed about science fiction and fantasy, but also about faith and Christianity. And for this episode, I wanted to just talk about something that I discovered as I was looking for just something to watch a little while ago. Now, I do want to talk about some of the other sci-fi streaming stuff that's going on right now, but we're so close to the end of the seasons for like Star Trek Picard and Star Wars, The Mandalorian, that I think I'm going to just hold off on that. Although I've been wanting to talk about Picard for weeks now, and I've been wanting to talk about The Mandalorian in a different way. For a little bit of time now, too. Uh, although I think that I'm maybe a little more friendly toward The Mandalorian than a lot of other people are who I've been watching and listening to. But uh, and then Star Trek Picard has just been fabulous. There's been some really, really fun stuff in season three. And so, yeah, those are things I want to talk about. But for this episode, I'm going to be talking about the Peacock streaming app. Uh, Peacock is the NBC Universal app. And it is their streaming service, and I was astounded recently when I discovered just how much good sci-fi stuff there was on that app. Now, like I said, this may not be uh, the the killer app for you. This may not be like something that you're going to subscribe to long term because you can't wait for the next thing that's on this app. But I do think that there's some pretty exciting things and fun things and interesting things that uh, a lot of you, if you are into science fiction and fantasy, especially if you're of a certain age, uh, that you'll you will probably have a lot of fun with this app. So. It, to me, it seems like the kind of thing that I might recommend to someone as a, you know, subscribe, watch what you want to watch, and then get out of there. But that's actually why we subscribed it in the first place, is we subscribe to it as something that we we're going to watch what we want to watch and then get out of there. The reason we subscribed to it was because of Notre Dame football. And there was some Notre Dame football games that were only going to be streaming on Peacock because of the way that they had their contracts and stuff. And so in order to watch those games... My family is big Notre Dame football family. They love watching those games. They watch most games of the season that they can. And so we subscribed and got the uh, the free trial for Peacock. And then we just held on to it until the end of the football season. And then we held on to it a little bit longer because, <laughs> frankly, uh, the the sitcoms that were on there, my, my kids and my wife were, were enjoying them. And there were some other things on there that I was enjoying as well. But I hadn't really done a deep dive until just recently, maybe December, I can't remember now, but just a few months ago, I started looking around for just uh, something to watch that was going to scratch my itch for basically Star Trek kind of sci-fi. And so what I did was I, I was on the app and I was looking and I found Sequest, Sequest DSV. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but Sequest DSV is basically a Star Trek Next Generation clone underwater. And it really does feel like and sound like and look like, although it had more CGI graphics than the Next Generation had, but uh, it, it just feels a lot like the, the Next Generation. And I watched it somewhat back then when it was on network television on NBC. I didn't 
do a deep dive because <laughs> it's a submarine. Uh, I didn't watch every single episode, but if it was on and I was in front of the TV, that was what I was going to be gravitated towards. And I remember enjoying it. And so as I'm here looking for, you know, something to add to what can I watch in my, in my, uh, you know, downtime while I'm, you know, I've seen everything from Star Trek and I don't mind rewatching some of that, but I, I wanted something new. And it turns out what I wanted was something old and new. And Sequest DSV was exactly that. Now, Sequest uh, lasted three seasons. The first two seasons were in the near future. Then they did a time jump for the third season. And they lost Roy Schneider for uh, as the captain. But uh, it's it's just been a lot of fun for me then. As I've been watching and, and kind of going into this time capsule... Uh, back into the time of, you know, one episode arc, you know, you have your single episode and it's done. And then the next episode, they might build on some little personal details that they've given. But generally speaking, each episode, you don't need to have seen the entire season to enjoy episode one and then enjoy episode five and enjoy episode 15. You can jump in and out like like I did. But it's been fun watching an episode or two here and there. And so then I started diving in. And taking a closer look. And I was just delighted with what I found. So on this this app, on the, the app, now it's NBC Universal. And so it's mostly shows that were shown on NBC or shows that were developed by Universal and were in syndication. Uh, but it's other, there's other things there too. And, and it's not everything from their catalog, but there is a lot there. So the other thing that I just found especially exciting and fun was the old Quantum Leap series. And so I've been rewatching that. And, and just again, when I have some downtime, it's, it's comfort food. You know, uh, it's, it's something that I, again, didn't see every single episode, although I did spend more time trying to, you know, make time to watch Quantum Leap because that was a show that the next day we would talk about, or maybe not next day. I can't remember when it was on during the week, but, uh, when I get back, get together with my friends at school after it had been on, we talked about it and we enjoyed that show quite a bit. And there was some world building, little tidbits of world building here and there. But again, for the most part, you watch one episode and you, you get a complete story and then you don't have to have watched that episode to enjoy the next one or the next one. It's just these episodic things. And so I've been watching Quantum Leap and it's just, again, it's a time capsule. It really is, you know, watching Quantum Leap. I'm going back in time along with uh, Sam Beckett and his you know, Quantum Leap uh, experiment that he did. So that's been fun. Uh, some of the other shows that are on there, sci-fi shows that are on there are um, Farscape, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the new Battlestar Galactica, Heroes, not so excited about Heroes, and the new Battlestar Galactica too. I'm not going to rewatch that anytime soon. Um, Sliders, Eureka, Ray Bradbury Theater, Murder, She Wrote, and uh, yeah, Murder, She Wrote. I mean, it's not sci-fi, but there is some elements of Murder, She Wrote where it's just, it could qualify as fantasy. I mean, this is a woman who everywhere she goes, someone dies. She you know, I've seen some people theorize that she's actually the murderer. She's a serial killer and that she's causing these deaths coming with plausible things. And that's what we're seeing. Um, 
but to me, it's more like she's she's a trickster god or a chaos god who is bringing this chaos with her and causing there to be problems all around. But okay, not really. And let's let's just face it, Murder She Wrote is a delightful show. Ten seasons, maybe more crossover with Magnum PI. Murder She Wrote is it's just a gentle comfort food, and it's one that I can watch with my wife, and we've enjoyed watching that together. Uh, there's also movies. The Jurassic Park movies are on there. Hellboy 2 is on there. Atlantic Rim is on there, which if you ever want to watch uh, and just get an idea of what the asylum is, that is their low budget, uh, what do they call it? A, a mockbuster of, of Pacific Rim. Waterworld is on there, which I'm actually gearing myself up to rewatch because that's a movie along with... Um, Oh, Battlefield Earth, that is just one of those where I want to revisit and see, like, is it as bad as everyone says it is? Because I honestly remember liking it when I saw it back in college. And yeah, I I, I want to rewatch it and see. Uh, Europa Report is on there. It's a science fiction movie. It's a little more of a hard sci-fi movie. Uh, 12 Monkeys is on there. Back to the Future movies are on there. Doom, the original Doom, The Rock is on there. Uh, so there's just a lot of stuff on on this uh, streaming service. Not I mean, Movie-wise, not the greatest, okay? Although there are some newer movies on there as well. Uh, the, the Megan movie with the little robotic girl, that's on there. Um, Knock on the Cabin Door, I, I can't remember what that call, is called, but it, it's on there now. So they do have some newer movies as well. But uh, yeah, they also have some just throwaway movies that are on there maybe because the people couldn't find anywhere else and they're like well we're not making a lot of money off of tubi let's try and get on nbc universal as well i'm not sure the other thing that nbc universal does and is another reason why i wanted to hang on to it was they do cycle through their movie collections around october they do uh universal monsters and it's not always the same ones but they'll they'll have some universal monster movies on there which is nice for me because i do have them on disc but you know these days it's just simpler to stream and so i've enjoyed watching those on there all that said it feels like the kind of thing that maybe most people don't realize is out there and that classic sci-fi TV stuff that's there. I think it's worth, worth, you know, taking a look at for, you know, even if it's just a month or two, so you can watch through most or all of, uh, you know, Sequest sliders, quantum leap, but there's also a new show on there that I have enjoyed and I've been, it's, it's become appointment television for me. Uh, I've talked about this before on the podcast where I've talked about how there's certain seasons. There was a season where I was watching on Thursday morning, my day off, I get up, I start doing laundry and I was watch uh, the Orville and strange new worlds. And so I just have these two shows and lower decks was a part of that as well. I'm not so excited about lower decks, but so I watched these shows on Thursday morning because they're released, you know, overnight Wednesday, uh, real late. And then, they're there for you Thursday morning. So this season of life, I mean, not season of television and not season in the year, but just recently, uh, I've been watching Picard every Thursday morning. That's when it comes out and I'm really enjoying it. And then as I've been looking at Peacock, I see this show on Peacock. It's called the arc. Now, I don't know if you know anything about the arc, 
I think I had seen a trailer for it. It is a new show. It's releasing still as of April 2023. It's releasing new episodes on on Thursdays on the app. I believe that they are airing on the Sci-Fi Channel on on Wednesday. Which that's that there is just another reason for me to be glad that I'm enjoying it. It's a sci-fi original <laughs> that's on the sci-fi channel and I actually like it. Now I can't watch sci-fi channel on my TV. I don't have cable, but it's tied in with NBC universal. And so here you have it, the arc. And I had been aware of the premise. I think I might even watched part of, or the, or the whole trailer. But the idea is you have a group of people put on a spaceship they're leaving Earth because Earth is dying, and so they're heading off to another planet. They're going to be the first ship to get to this new planet where they're going to start colonizing it, and then more and more ships are going to come from Earth. But before they get there, there's a disaster that wakes everyone up from their cryosleep. It kills most of the bridge crew, and so you have these people who are unprepared and underqualified to run the ship suddenly put in this position where they are trying to still get to point B point a being earth point B being this new planet. They're still trying to get there, but now they have to figure out how we're going to have enough food to survive until we get there. How are we going to have enough air and fuel? And it's a survival show. It's a survival show because every episode (laughs) there's some sort of new disaster that they have to deal with and come up with some clever way to fuel the ship, come up with some sort of clever way to feed everyone, get water for everyone. Uh, There are some ways that they bring in bad guys to the, the show and they also have to deal with that. And there's also mysteries of what exactly happened back on Earth and mysteries then of how does that tie into some of the stuff that they're hearing about now that uh, and I don't want to spoil too much for you, but it has definitely there are things that remind me of Stargate Universe. There are things that remind me of Lost in Space. There are things that remind me of Battlestar Galactica. There are things that remind me of a lot of, you know, classic sci fi stuff. But. It's also its own thing, and it's called the Ark because you know it's carrying people. But then you find out it's also called the Ark because there's more to it than just the people. And in fact, you know, there's an episode called Two by Two. All right, and so this episode called called Two by Two really, really hangs a lampshade on the fact that they're calling the show the Ark. They call the ship the Ark. You know, it's the Ark One or whatever, and um. So I've just been really, really enjoying it. And as I've been watching it, it's not the kind of show where I just, I can't wait to see what's going to happen to the characters or I fall in love with these characters. Uh, it's not that kind of thing. It's not like Star Trek where you're just, oh man, you've got Picard and he's just this amazing actor who's given some amazing lines and, and things like that. And and then you have the cast around him with, with Riker and with LaForge and with data and wharf and you just have this crew of really interesting characters that you really start to care about them individually it's not quite like that for me the ensemble cast is serviceable (laughs) don't get me wrong but it's just it's just not an amazing show but it is a good show and there's enough mystery that it keeps me sticking around you know i've talked about uh, the four quadrants of um of how to uh 
review, how to critique, where you have the elements of character, style, themes, and plot. This is definitely a plot-driven show, and it's definitely a show that is trying to walk the line between season-long arc and episodic episodes where you can just, you know, there's a problem, they solve it, and they answer some questions about the longer thing that's going on and bring up new questions about this longer thread that they're trying to trying to weave into the into the fabric of the show. And so in that way it kind of is trying to do the best of both worlds, but uh, yeah, it just it's it's created by uh, Dean Devlin, who was involved in uh, the original Stargate movie. But then it's also um, there's one of the showrunners from the Stargate TV show who are also working on it. And it just it's just been a lot of fun. And thematically, you know, other than the whole like arc thing, which is, you know, the, the generation ship, the, the ship that is being sent to seed humanity because earth is dying these are nothing nothing new but they use it well and they use it to tell an interesting story and they bring people in with personal stakes that are tied into what happened on earth and they're tied into why they're you know trying to get to this new new place and so things like that it, it works it works uh the other thing that happens with this show is like Stargate Universe, actually, it tends to be almost every episode is a bottle episode. So a bottle episode is one where, you know, a TV show is able to save on budget by not leaving the sets that they have built for the show. And so you have an episode where everything happens on the Enterprise and they don't leave the Enterprise to go down to the planet because that requires more budget. But if they stay on the Enterprise and have to deal with a problem there, then they they save money and they can you know do a bigger budget show in a later episode almost every episode is <laughs> a bottle episode uh one of the things they did on star trek was also um every once in a while they discover uh this especially the original series they would come across a ship that is just like their ship only mostly destroyed and what do you do well you just throw some uh computers on the ground and, and string some wires across the walls and suddenly you've got a ship that has battle damage and now you're not spending a lot of money to to create a whole new set for a whole new ship but instead you're able to just use the sets that are already existing and that's a trick that they use here as well to somewhat good effect when they did it in one episode uh it felt a little cheesy parts of it but at the same time it also showed like what is the difference between this group and that group and it really does paint a picture in just the difference in character between uh, the, the two different groups of humanity who are leaving Earth for similar reasons, but with maybe different motivation. Thematically, it again, and this hinges on it being called the Ark, but thematically you have this idea of humanity is paying for their sins and paying for the things that they have chosen to do. And it's environmental. And you could say, you know, it's a save the whales kind of a thing. But again, there's some good sci-fi world building going on with just what happened to the Earth, why it happened, why it got worse the way that it did, and the consequences of that. And it's, I feel, it's entirely forgivable, okay, that they're kind of uh, riding that environmentalism way. But I also believe when when God says we have dominion over the animal kingdom, God is saying, take care of what I've 
created for you. And so I do think we do have a responsibility to take care of our earth, even though there is a new earth coming. We do have a responsibility to take care of the earth we're on right now. This is this is a gift from God. And we're not going to. So anyway, the science fiction focus on environmentalism that goes back a long, long time. I, I really do feel like it is a a call that we share as believers that we should share with the rest of the world. Because again, like I said, the world was given to us by God. We've been given dominion over it uh, with the idea of using the resources that we have to take care of the people that we have with us on this world. And ultimately to hopefully help draw them to Christ, but also to take care of their needs and, and show them love and kindness and all that stuff. So I, I, I believe that that does fit into the Christian worldview. But I also believe that for this show, they use it in some good storytelling. So all that aside, I've been enjoying the arc. I couldn't tell you the name of any of the characters. I can tell you the role that they play. I can tell you, oh, this character with the long hair, she's the commander. This character with the blonde hair, she's the counselor. This character who's bald, he's the, the security guy. I can tell you that. I couldn't tell you any names. And I, so I'm definitely drawn into the show because of the plot element rather than the character element and because of the, I mean, the style of the show doesn't necessarily blow me away, but it's solid for, I'm assuming it's a lower budget show, but they're using their budget in special effects for the the spaceships and the, you know, the warp travel and different things like that. And it works for me. So I wanted to just recommend that to you as well. And just, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, give it a try. If you have seen it, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Leave comments maybe in on the video or uh, on strangersandaliens.com, the, the post, the blog post for this episode. But I would love to hear what you have to say about it because I don't have anyone to talk about this show with. No one I know has watched this show. Not even any of the people that I'm normally in contact with about sci-fi stuff that I don't get to talk to face to face. Like the people in my regular world and my regular, you know, face to face community, they're not watching it. And the people in my sci-fi community and my Facebook messenger and things like that, they're not watching it. I don't have anyone to talk about it with. So here I am talking about it by myself. If you have some insights on other things, maybe you found on Peacock or some other apps, uh, streaming services that you would recommend for fans of sci-fi, especially, like I said, people of a certain age, they're going to appreciate Sequest, um, Quantum Leap, the old Quantum Leap. Although the new Quantum Leap, I've been watching that too. I've been enjoying it. I'm taking my time. I'm watching an episode like every few weeks. I'll think, oh, I want something a little different. Oh, I'll watch this new Quantum Leap. It works. It works. Um, I'd love to see if they bring Scott Bakula in. I guess they, my, what I've heard is that they don't bring him in for season one. I don't know. I haven't finished it yet. But I'd love to see them, you know, see if they could bring him in for, for season two. Although... You might disagree with me. I'd love to hear from you if you do. I feel like the Quantum Leap series finale is up there as one of the best sci-fi season finale or series finales. Uh, I know it's not satisfying. I know you have that title card that comes up that says uh, he was never found. He never made it home. But for me, the choices he made to do what he was going to do, it goes back to what I was just talking about with... Uh, 
wanting to take care of and and help the people in our world around us and yeah i just i feel like that was a really strong ending it was weird but it was just the right amount of weird and again the the resolution they give to his character some you could say it's not resolution i say it's the perfect resolution it works well your your mileage may vary you may completely disagree with me so yeah but I love hearing from people who disagree with me too. I like arguing about things as long as it's friendly arguing. I don't like actual anger arguing that that's not so much fun, but I do like the, you know, the kind of fun fan arguing that can happen. So, yeah. So with all that said, again, thank, I want to thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for letting me talk about the show that I don't, don't get to talk about with anybody else and check us out strangersandaliens.com where you can find the podcast uh find our video feed on youtube at youtube.com slash strangers and aliens please subscribe to us there subscribe to our podcast uh, wherever you find podcasts and yeah like i said let me know if you agree disagree or are just want to say hey <laughs> so <laughs> until next time <laughs> thanks for listening Thanks for talking with me. Goodbye and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Ha ha ha.